maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. Um, the choir is going to sing for us in just a moment, but I'm going to take the, this opportunity to introduce our guest speaker to, this morning. Um, I, I don't know how to introduce a speaker that everyone already knows. I mean, <laughs> we are indeed um, privileged, honored, and blessed to have with us this morning um, Mr. Maxine Knowlton, um, who has been in this pulpit on numerous occasions, and we are always appreciative of the time that he spends with us. And we look forward to the message that he has for us this morning from God's Word and as he shares with us on the work of the, um, and ministry of the Gideons. Thank you, Mr. Maxson, for being with us this morning. Now, please listen now prayerfully as the choir sings to us, as I'm sure they will bless our hearts in song.
It's always such a joy and a privilege to be uh, with you at Midway for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I got so many good memories of uh, the folks in Oakdale, the folks at Midway, and uh, it's always really, truly a, a, a pleasure to, to come and be with you, a blessing to me. Uh, some of the memories uh, in, in coaching, I, I remember, was, was thinking about Dwayne over here, Dwayne Robinson, Wendell's brother. I coached uh, uh, Dwayne and, and probably some of you others, maybe a few. And uh, Dwayne and I both enjoyed the outdoors, and Dwayne would sometimes after ball games go spend the night with him, and we'd go hunting the next day and fishing or something like that. Uh, and then it's certainly a, a, a blessing to him to have Burl and Carolyn in worship today, to be able to worship with them. Burl and I, Burl's a lot older than I am, but we played ball together. <laughs> we played ball together, and then we played against each other. When Burl was at Erskine and I was at Newberry, we played baseball against each other. And I know you know that Burl was an outstanding athlete, a great athlete, football, baseball, basketball, and uh it's a privilege to have them uh, be able to worship with them today. What I want to do, I, uh, I come in behalf of the Gideons and uh, want to share uh, a little bit about the Gideon ministry. And I'd like to, at, at, and then close by sort of tying uh, the Gideon ministry in with ministry in general and uh, what ministry is all about to me and then where we fit into to that picture. So, to begin with, who the Gideons are, and you, you have supported the Gideon ministry for many, many years, and I know most of you are familiar uh, with the Gideon ministry, but I, I want to say th- several things about it. One is, if you don't know, the Gideon ministry is made up of Christian laymen and uh, of Christian businessmen and professional uh, businessmen, uh, and we like to be known or the churches feel that we are an arm of the church. We're not the ministry. We are one ministry. And uh, most of the churches in Clarendon County support the Gideons. And uh, so we're, we are, feel that we are an arm of the church. Uh, I know enough about you and your church to know that you have a number of arms that reach out in ministry to the community uh, and to the world through your missions programs. And so uh, the Gideons is made up of, of, uh, of, of Christian business people, uh, lay, lay, lay people. There's four things, so you'll understand a little bit about the operations of the Gideons. There's actually four, I call it four levels. And one is we have a local camp, and we meet monthly in Manning. We have 22 members. I won't, won't name them, but you would probably know most of them. 22 members. Uh, and uh, we meet monthly. We have offices, and we call them our cabinet, which is the, the offices, the one ones that meet and give the leadership. But the state also has offices, and we have uh, uh, state meetings, and uh, we have, <clears throat> we have a, a state conference coming up in March, and we are planning monthly for that, for that now. There are state offices that gives leadership to the state uh, level of the Gideons. And uh, then the National uh, Association uh, is a national where the states get together once a year for a convention, and their cabinet works together during the years. And then there's not only a national 
committee or a national group of people that work. It's international also. And uh, the Gideons are in 163 different countries now. And so once a year, the Gideons from, from 163 different countries meet to make plans about ministry. So that gives you a little picture, if you don't know that, of the, of the format of the Gideon ministry. It is a national and international ministry. So that's why it's called Gideon Internationals. And so... Uh, 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 the purpose of the Gideons uh, is to share the gospel throughout the entire world. Uh, that, that's the purpose of the Gideons. That's the purpose that we, that we exist. And that's probably the purpose for any ministry that you're supporting here and that you, that you have. It's in some way or another to share the gospel with other people. And uh, we could take time to discuss what the gospel is but I, I think that it, in, it includes a lot, of, a lot of things. But it's our privilege that we have as, as Christians to be able to share the love of God, the love of Christ, and his mercy and his grace to other people. Now, think about how we can do that. And if we do that, wh- whatever form it's in, when we do that, I think God can take that effort and touch the lives of people for him. And so the Gideons are in... Uh, throughout the entire world, and that's the purpose of the Gideons, to be a part of sharing the gospel throughout the entire world. It's a ministry that does that. The, uh, the uh, ministry of the Gideons, that's the purpose of the Gideons, but the ministry of the Gideons is, we say, twofold, and it might be more than that, but the two main things that the Gideons are challenged to do and that we do, one is by our personal witness. When, when, we, when I joined the Gideons probably 40, over 40 years ago, we didn't have a, a camp in, in Clarendon County at that time, and I joined the camp in Sumter. And uh, at, at that time, uh, I was, was actually uh, convicted, or the Lord uh, used it to, to bring me into the Gideons. Uh, was, it was a time in my life where I had become somewhat serious about the Great Commission. Uh, of going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel. I had asked myself, how do I do that? I don't want to go to another country. I'm not a preacher, so how do I do that? And the Lord began to speak to me about how I could be involved in ministry and, uh, and be a witness for him. And so I was invited to a Gideon's meeting, and I went, and several things were said that night that, uh, that really uh, sealed it for me that I would, would uh, like to be a part of that. So I've been actively involved in it since. So the, the ministry of the Gideons, number one, is, through, is personal witnessing. Uh, as we join the Gideons, uh, we are uh, uh, sort of briefed, I guess you say, uh, given information, asked questions, and so forth. And one of them is we, we bring ourselves to a point, or we're led to a point of committing. Will you commit to being a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ through your life? And through, through your, your, your life, will you, will you do that? So that's one of the ministries that we have is, is personal witnessing. And uh, there again, we can have a long conversation about how you do that. It's exciting to me to understand how God can use us uh, to do that. You know, a lot of times I think <clears throat> we think that because we can't do this, that, or the other, or we have weaknesses and so forth, that we can't be a witness and witness for the Lord. Well, think about some of the people in, in the, in the uh, Scriptures that's uh, 
But she used the others to tell us different. For example, Moses. Moses couldn't talk. He, he stuttered. He didn't consider himself very, very smart. As the history says, he was not an, a, 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 a very nice-looking fellow. And, and he felt like he was not worth very much. And God used him to lead the children of Israel, uh, the children, of, uh, Jewish people out of, out of Israel. And uh, Paul, we, we, I'll read an account from Paul in a little bit, but uh, Paul was one of the work, he did it, he was the chiefest of sinners, he called himself. And yet God used him to write a good portion of the Bible. And as you read on through, and uh, there's so many people that did not have a lot to work with, humanly speaking, that God used in a mighty way. And so without witness, I think it's the same thing. There are so many things that we can do regardless of what we think our abilities are. I'll tell you one other thing popped in my mind. Not long ago at one of our fellowships, to give you an example of what I'm trying to say, uh, we had a fellowship supper and had a big, uh, a big gathering that night. It was our district, and we probably had 75 people there. We had a young man in our church. Uh, I say young. He was probably in his mid-30s. Uh, and uh, he, he had never spoken. He, he did not consider himself a, a good speaker. And he was very nervous about it, but he agreed to share his testimony that night. And he told me, he said, Mr. Max, to pray for me because I'm just as nervous again. He said, I might get up and not be able to say a word. And so I said, you'll be all right. Well, he got up and he spoke, and he felt that he was not equipped to speak to a crowd of people. And I really believe there's a few dry eyes in the house when he got through speaking. He had such an impact as he simply shared his story of what Christ had done for him. And so witnessing is not as bad as it, it seems, you know, and it's not as scary as some of us make it. But that's one of, the, one of our ministries is personal witness. And the other one is the distribution of, of scriptures. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So our ministry is the personal witnessing and distribution of scriptures. As you probably know, and I know you've heard this, and I've probably said it here, we've talked about Gideon before. The Gideon ministry began in 1899. Since that time, the, the Gideons has had the privilege of distributing about two and a quarter billion, billion scriptures throughout the world in that period of time. Think about that. Not million now, but two and a quarter billion scriptures. And here's the, here's the, the, the unique thing about it. The Gideons have distributed a lot of those Bibles for you because you bought them. You bought them, and the Gideons had the privilege of distributing them. Distributed them where? In Clannan County, in South Carolina, in the United States. I talked with a friend recently to call him about speaking for us at a banquet, and he was in New York City on a blitz, we call it, with another big group of Gideons distributing Bibles in New York. And I'll tell you, most of the third world countries are begging for Bibles. And so over that period of time, the Gideons have the opportunity either abroad in another country, in our country, in our state, or locally in our county, has had the privilege of distributing over two and a quarter billion, billion scriptures. So uh, that's our ministry of distribution of scriptures and personal witnesses. The areas of distribution where we, where we distribute scriptures, you're pretty well familiar with those, I think, but our hotels and motels, we distribute scriptures there. If you go to a hotel or motel, hopefully you will find a, a Gideon Bible there. If you'll think about that ministry, in Clarendon County, there's not a big need for distribu- distributing Bibles in hotels. 
We don't have any uh, hotels. Motels we don't have but a few now. So that need is not very big. But you can think about Columbia. And, and we have in our convention in Florence. Think about the hotel, the motels and hotels in Florence. So that's a big part of a lot of the, uh, lot of the camps to distribute Bibles there. So we put Bibles in hotels, uh, motels, in schools. We still distribute uh, a little Red Testament. I think I brought one of you. This little Bible we distribute to fifth graders in school. On college campuses, we give out a, uh, it's a green Bible. We'll have Gideons on college campuses distributing. Uh, in the military, uh, we in that Columbia camp at Fort Jackson, when new recruits come in constantly, we have Gideons there, or the camp there in that area does, giving out uh, a camouflage Bible to those people, the military people. You'll find Gideon Bibles in doctor's offices and other business offices. In hospitals, you'll find Gideon Bibles. Uh, nurses, when they go into nurses' training, there's a little white Bible that the auxiliary gives them. Uh, in prisons, if you, uh, we, we have a ministry in our prison over in Turboville. In jails in Manning, we distribute Bibles there. There's a street ministry. We have a lot of Gideons in especially metropolitan areas that will be on the street with a, with a Bible just like this one, but it'll be orange, and they'll be on the streets, and they'll say, How are you doing today? Do you need a Bible? And they'll give you a Bible, and... Uh, and so distribute uh, the street ministries. And then there's a, a one that we buy, the, the Gideons buy them themselves. It's called our personal witness testament. So a part of our personal witness, I didn't bring one of them with me, but it's a little brown Bible that we used to carry around with us about all the time that we distribute. So those are the areas of distribution. So that's one of our ministries, the distribution of scriptures. And I said, we buy the Gideons. I, if, uh, uh, they, they come in a uh, box of a hundred, a pack of a hundred, and we can buy a hundred of the brown Bibles. We do that ourselves. We carry them around with us and uh, eat at a restaurant or some whatever. We put the tip in the, the Bible and leave it on the counter or give it to whoever. So that's the one of the areas that we, uh, of the distribution. Now, here's the thing about, about that particular ministry, uh, the ministry of distributing scriptures. Uh, and as I said, in my church and in your church, you're involved in a lot of other ministries other than this ministry. So we do not present the Gideon to the church as the ministry. We present the Gideon to the church as a ministry. It's a strong ministry. It's a ministry that God has really used for over 100 years now, close to 120 years now. And, uh, and but the, the neat thing about this is this. I think Hebrews... The fourth chapter, the twelfth verse, says it better. What about this book, God's Word? Here's what it says about God's Word. For the Word of God is quick, is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. If you've ever been to the, uh, I've, you know, if you think about these words, it's quick. We know what powerful is, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We know what a sharp instrument means. But uh, there's an old term that, that uh, uh, my, my dad used to use this term a lot. It was quick. You know, I remember going to a dentist, and he said, man, I went there, and man, when he popped out, thing, it, it hit the quick, and man, I jumped out of the chair. Well, what did it mean? It got your attention. You know, it, it caught your attention. The Bible does that. The Bible, uh, God's Word is so powerful. And it's, and, it's, and it's sharp. It penetrates when, when we read God's Word. 
Now, how do I know that? Because I know what God's Word does for me and has done for me. And through the Gideons, I have heard so many testimonies of how God has used a Bible, just a Bible, and somebody, for whatever reason, most of the time in much despair, opening the Bible and turning to something, maybe one verse, that they, they read and God uses it to do that, to quicken their spirit, to get their attention, and through the power speak to them of their need of salvation, and that person turned to the Lord. Uh, last year at our, ban- our pastor's banquet, we had a, a pastor, a Pentecostal pastor from, from uh, Williamsburg County, speak to our, our, our group. And uh, he gave a powerful testimony. And the way he came to know the Lord, he was at the lowest point of his life, and it ended up in prison. And uh, they was in prison in solitary confinement. No matter he couldn't have visitors. Uh, he'd gotten messed up in some really, really tough trouble. And so he said he was at the lowest point of his life, and he lay on, on the, uh, his cot there the first day trying to figure out how he could commit suicide, how he could kill himself. He couldn't, couldn't live any longer. He, he was just tired. Anyway, that day, the day that he went in, his testimony was this, that he reached under the, the, the cot that he was sleeping on, and there was a stack of, of magazines. And he said he pulled a whole stack of magazines out, and within those magazines was a Bible. It wasn't one of these. It was a, another Bible. About, I, I didn't bring one of them with me. But I know exactly what kind of Bible it was. And he took that out, and he read it, and it was quick to him. It, it really penetrated his heart. And he bowed there in his, his uh, uh, cell that day, he said, and said, Lord, I don't know you. I know of you. My grandmother has told me a lot about you. And if you're who you are, I want you to speak to him, and I want you to come into my life and change my life. And he said God did that. And uh, so from there, uh, uh, he, over a period of time, he spent about a year in prison. He got out, and uh, he uh, went to school, finished uh, college, went to school, and is now a pastor. So that's just one example of, of the way God uses his word. So it is indeed powerful. It's quick, and it's sharpened unto it is sword. So that's our ministry. It's a distribution of, of scriptures. And there's many other testimonies that I could share uh, that, uh, uh, of how people that we know, maybe you know a lot, that has, has uh, come to know the Lord through uh, getting a hold to, to God's word. Now, how can you be involved? Uh, as we talk about the Gideons, how can the church be involved in the Gideon ministry? You're all already involved in so many good ministries. You have been involved in the Gideon ministry. But how can a local church be involved? Uh, the first thing is you can give. And all of that money that you give is used toward the, the, uh, the, the printing and the distribution of scriptures. Uh, one thing about the Gideons, it's not a high-maintenance business. Uh, the, the friend of mine that was in New York City was there for a week, two weeks ago, at a, a Bible distribution there. Uh, he left. He paid his plane fare. He paid his meals. He paid his motel. All of the expenses, he paid them. When Gideons go on distributions like that, even to a third world country, they pay their own way. It's not paid out of the money that Gideons take up to... Uh, to buy Bibles with. When I give a dollar, it goes toward buying a Bible. And so that a, was a thing that when I joined the Gideon, that was impressive to me that, that it was not a high-maintenance ministry, but it was a ministry that the money was given was indeed used to buy Bibles and distribute it. 
Uh, there's another ministry I won't talk a lot about, but uh, I'll talk with Wendell after to see if you all have a rack. But the card ministry, this is a ministry where uh, we have an in-recognition card, in-memory card, and in-honor-of card. And so Sarah and I, what we do is instead of sending flowers to funerals and so forth, what we do, we'll, we'll get one of these. I, I keep some of these at home. And Sarah will fill out this card. Notice I said Sarah fills it out. She does all the card. And, and so she'll fill out the card. And if we want to give five Bibles, she'll put $25 in this. And, and it's, it's addressed to the Clarendon County Gideon Camp. So that goes to the camp, and the camp sends us to Gideon International. Bibles is bought and given to somebody somewhere in the world. That's how simple it is. So in the card, if you take the card and fill it out, it says in honor of whoever. And if you want to put the number of Bibles you're given and donate it by, if you want to put your name, and probably you do put your name there, who's given the Bibles and who you're giving them in honor of or in memory of, uh, then you take this card, which will probably cost you about, I don't know what, several dollars at a drugstore or wherever. You put it in, in there'll be a, a, an envelope there. You put it in the envelope, uh, address it, and put yourself, your return address on it, and uh, put it in the uh, stamp, and mail it. This goes to the person, and the money for the Bibles go to the camp. And so that's uh, just a little bit about the card ministry. The third thing you can do, and, and, and I hope you're doing this, and I, I'm not just saying words. I, I encourage you to do this. As you pray for your church, if you pray for the, as you pray for the minister of the church, and I know some of you do that. I was blessed this morning. Uh, there's so many of you that I have so many good members of and love so much, but Wendell uh, met me and welcomed me this morning outside. We talked a few minutes, shared life a few minutes, and he said, before we go in, let me pray for you. And he did that, and he don't know. When you don't know how much that blessed me. And so uh, good people here that, that pray for you, pray for the ministry. And as you do that, if you'd remember to pray for the Gideon ministry, pray for our camp and pray for the Gideon ministry along with the other ministries, that the Lord would use this, uh, this effort to touch the lives of, of people throughout the world. The other thing you can do, and some of you might be interested in joining the Gideons. We need, we've got 22 members. We always need good men in the Gideons. Uh, and so we encourage you, if, if, if the Lord leads you in that direction, we'd love to have you. We meet the last Thursday of every month at 6.30. And right now we're meeting at D&H Barbecue. they got a little room that it let us meet in. And so uh, we'd love to have you. If uh, you're interested in, if the Lord leads you in that direction, give me a call and we'll talk about it. And we'd love to have you, you, you join. <clears throat> As we say all this and we look at the Gideon, and that's basically the Gideon ministry. I'm not going to say anything else about the Gideon ministry, but that's that's basically the format of what the Gideons is about, and, and about the, the ministry and, and uh, how we operate. <clears throat> but Isaiah 55:11, a verse that you probably are very familiar with, is such an encouragement to me when I think about ministry, whether it be through the Gideons, or teaching my Sunday school class, or what up my personal witness, whatever it is. Isaiah 55:11 is such an, encourage, an encouragement to me. It says this. Isaiah says of God's word. Isaiah says God has promised this, that his word would not return void, but it would accomplish that which he pleased, and it shall prosper in the things whereunto he sends it. Now, what that says to me is this. Max, as you put forth an effort, if you put forth your best effort to minister 
in God's name, whether it's through the giving of a testament, whether it's through teaching a Sunday school class, whether it's through visiting, whatever the ministry is that you have, if you do, do that and you share God's word, Isaiah said, God says his word was not going to return void. And I've, I've, I've heard a lot of testimonies about people receiving the Bible and throwing it down and somebody else finding the Bible and coming to the Lord through that. God works in all sorts of unusual, unusual ways. But Isaiah, I think, assures us that we might not see the, the results of our efforts, but his word will not return void. And I really think this, when we're talking about witness, and I said this a few minutes ago, you might have a different view on this. <clears throat> but I feel like when we share God's love and God's grace in any way, he can take that and touch a life with it and, and make a difference in that life. He can draw that life to himself through our witness in any way. I think something as simple as this. To see a person, you know, a lot of people we pass, I do, I pass a lot of people, and, and they don't look quite like I want them to look, and they don't act quite like I want, want them to act. And, and I don't know what's going on in their heart and their life, and I pass them by, and you probably do the same thing. But I'm trying to learn that every opportunity I have to at least speak with people and try to get ten, minute, ten seconds of their life enough to say, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm maxing on. What's your name? Good. Good to meet you. And that might be all the conversation goes on. But what have I done? I have actually shared a part of God's love and God's grace to that person. This showing that I recognize him as a human being, and I want to speak to him. You say, well, really? I really think that God can take an act like that, something that simple, and touch a person's life to say, a person a little bit different. You know, man, a thousand people have and it's had spoken to me. And we don't know what God will do with those kind of acts. From that point on up, what we can do is a part of God's love and sharing of God's love and His grace. So uh, I think that in Isaiah, that's what it says. What we do that points people to God's grace, to His love, uh, He'll use it. It won't, won't return void. And I close with this. I want to read a, uh, a few verses from uh, uh, Corinthians, the second chapter of Corinthians, to sort of put me in uh, perspective as far as where I fit into ministry. And maybe you'll see the same thing that I see. Paul was writing the church at Corinth here in the second, in, uh, second Corinthians, and what he was doing was sharing with them and challenging the church there about their witnessing. And here's some things he told them. Let, let me read this, and I'll be through. Verse 17 says of, of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, he is saying, Church, I'm speaking to you, your people who have received Christ, and you're Christians. I think that's basically what you're saying. And all things are of God, who has re- reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and it's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And I want you to notice that. He's saying in verse uh, 18, All things are of God, who hath reconciled you. He saved you. He's reconciled, made things right between you and him by Jesus Christ. 
and hath given you the ministry of reconciliation. Do you get what that's saying? It's saying to me, Maxie, you have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. You're a Christian. And stop there. And it says, now, because of that, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And that says to me, now you have the power to reconcile somebody else, to be a part of the reconciliation process. You can have a part in pointing people now to the only one that can reconcile them, and that's Jesus Christ. You've been reconciled, Maxie, so now you have a responsibility and a privilege to share God's love with other people so they might be reconciled by Jesus Christ. You've been reconciled, he told the church there, and said you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. But he says a third thing. Uh, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was uh, in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and imputing their trans- trespasses unto them and hath committed unto you, and it says us, to all of uh, to the church, has committed unto the church the word of reconciliation. So we have a word of reconciliation. What is it? It's the gospel. We know what brings a person to reconciliation. Jesus Christ does. He's the only one who can reconcile. And so Paul was saying, you've been reconciled. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given the word of reconciliation. You've been given the gospel. And that's what the Gideons do. We hand out copies of the gospel. And then he goes on to say a very interesting thing, and I'll close with this. You've been given the, 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 uh, the word of reconciliation. Uh, it says, now when we, uh, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You get that? Now you are an ambassador for Christ. So what that tells me is, is simply this. Maxie, you have been reconciled. I've given you the minister of reconciliation. I've given you the word of reconciliation. And then probably steps back and says, you my ambassador. See, God has chosen us to be his ambassadors, his spokesmen. Well, that's what the Gideons is about. That's what ministry is about. It's about sharing the gospel with people through our lives. I love the verse in Matthew where it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Through our works, through our testimony, through our verbal communicating with people, the gospel to people, but, but sharing the gospel with people. That's our responsibility as, as God's children. So uh, that's what the Gideons is about. That's what ministry is about. And I know that's what you're about because uh, you, you do so many wonderful things with the church. And I, I, I appreciate so much the support of the Gideons and uh, the support of, 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 of ministry. And uh, I appreciate so much your ministry here at Midway. I love you very much. Thank you. Max, we thank you for coming in this morning, and we just admire you and what all the Gideons do in their work, and just thank you for the challenge that you placed on. I know everybody's heart this morning, and it's almost like, you know, when you go to a motel, I always check just to see if there's a Bible in there, you know, just to, just to see if it's in there. I feel comfortable by seeing that, and, and, and it, it, their work is kind of not like 
Some of the work that people do for God that gets all the attention is under is behind the scenes, and we appreciate that. I couldn't help but think this morning. I, I, I don't think I've ever told you this story, but uh, one time when Chase was just a little boy, he started school out at Walker Gamble, and, he, and we were at church, and you came walking in for Gideon Sunday, and he tugged on my coat. He said, "Daddy, what's Uncle Norton doing here today?" <laughs> he called everybody Uncle then, like little ones, and and, and you would. Just like you said, you mean a lot. You mean a lot to all these people and all of our kids, and, and, and we appreciate you coming today. Let us stand for closing hymn number 399.